0: Man, it feels good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Can we give God praise just one more time this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Father, we give you glory. Father, you're worthy in this place, God. And Lord, we need you in this place, God. Man, it feels so good just to be in the presence of the Lord this morning. As you have your seat, just smile at somebody one more time. I, I like smiling. How many of us like smiling in here? I always say, if you haven't smiled yet, we we'll always want to give you an opportunity to smile. You ever see people that come to the house of the Lord and they're coming hard, right? Like, we ain't, you ain't going to get no smile out of me. I ain't happy. I want you to know it this morning. But we want you to be at peace in the, in the house of the Lord, man. There is joy in the presence of the Lord. And we are excited uh, to be here with you. I just want to say thank you uh, for the invitation, Pastor Danny, Sister Sabrina, uh, the Whittier congregation here, Remnant. Uh, we appreciate you so very much. I'm honored. Me, uh, on behalf of me and my wife and my sons, we are honored to be here with you guys this morning. We don't take it lightly. Uh, we are honored to be here with you. I also want to honor my pastor, Pastor Tim. I know for those of you guys know my pastor, Pastor Tim, Sister Marianne. We're thankful for them and uh, just for allowing us to be here with you guys this Sunday morning. And uh, as I I was preparing, I know as Pastor Danny was saying about basketball, and we had some good rivalries back in the day. We used to play a lot. We used to have some good, good, good time on the basketball court, and we're getting ready to make our comeback, though. So watch out. I tell my son, all my sons that all that time, they're getting bigger and they're all basketball players, and uh, they, they think, they like, Dad, you're getting a little too older. I'm quicker, stronger. I said, no matter what, Dad will always put it down on the court. If I have to foul you, if I have to bump you, get big on you, I'm going to do it. So just so you know. No, it, That competitiveness is still in there. Uh, so that will never die. But in the things of God, I, I always uh, define, man, how, how is our competitiveness in the things of God? How are we fighting when it comes to warring in the spiritual and standing for what God has for our life and and making the decisions that, uh, that we make today that will go for the rest of our lives. And I think about that throughout all the years of salvation, uh, the decisions that we all come to a point in our life where we have to make that decision. One decision can change everything. Can I get an amen, right? Just one decision uh, is key. It is vital for you and I to make the right choices, right decisions in serving God. And you might think, well, maybe this decision is not that important. You know, I can get away with it. Can I tell you this morning, God won't let us get away with those decisions that we make because we're going to have to deal with them, right? And and today I want to minister something uh, from my heart this morning. I want to minister a a, a message that I entitled The Good Son. And if you think about that, some of you guys are thinking about that old school movie. Movie. I'm not talking about that movie, uh, but I want us to uh, look at the life of, of King Hezekiah for a few moments this morning. And, and I truly believe here this morning that God uh, wants to ignite something inside of us. Uh, for those of you this morning that are believing God for revival in your own personal life, I believe that there are some keys to revival in our life. And, and this portion that I want to just minister on for a few moments this morning on the life of Hezekiah begins to give us some key, key truths concerning revival in our personal life. and revival in our families. Anybody need revival in your marriage this morning? Some of you husbands, that was the key. you like, man, I, uh, yes, me. Some of you wives are like nudging, like, come on, don't you want revival? I want revival in my marriage, right? I want revival upon revival in my marriage, in my home, with my sons, in my ministry. And, and I read this quote that said, in every situation there is a fine line between what is right and what is wrong, not so right. Uh, th- that is the moment when one has to stop and look which way to go. Uh, and it's these magical moments determine the direction of our lives. And I'm not talking about magic. I'm talking about spiritually things. spiritual things. I'm talking about God moments, God ordained things that in those moments, you and I have the opportunity to make the right choice. And as we make the right choice, man, it determines revival or not having revival in our lives personally. And King Hezekiah was in a time of reform. If you begin to look at, I'm just going to kind uh, of just go through these scriptures just real quickly this morning. But in Hezekiah, uh, you have to understand he's the king of Judah and he's been called to the throne. And it's in these moments that he is in a time where the church is in a bad place. The house of God, the kingdom, of it is in a bad place, and, and, but see he had a job, there was reform, there was change that was needed, uh, and there were some things in the house of God that needed some correcting. Can I get an amen, right? We need some correcting at times in our lives personally as we begin to get and, uh, up in the morning and we begin to look at our lives and evaluate where we're at. How many of us know this morning we can always have room to correct some things, right, and say man, God, there's some cleaning up that I need to do in my life. And it's here that Hezekiah, he's king and he's like, man, there's some cleaning that needs to get done in the house of God. And it's not surface cleaning, right? You ever do surface cleaning at home and you just get the dust on the top, but see, you have to go deep, right? There's like an excavating process at times that needs to happen where you have to dig deep. Some things have been buried, right? I don't know if I'm preaching to anyone here this morning, but see, there's some things that at times in our life that we bury, that we you know, just put blankets over, right, or shove it under the bed or put it in the closet because we don't want to deal with it. But see, Hezekiah came on the scene and his heart was different. His heart was after God. His heart was like, man, God, enough is enough. No more surface clean. no, No just dusting the very top, you know, putting some Windex on the windows. But we need to get deep because there is some correcting in the house of God. There is some change that needs to happen if we want revival back. And what you have to understand is revival had stopped in this time and age in the church, in the house of Judah, there was nothing good going on, but see, in order for you and I to understand the, the, the job that Hezekiah had, we have to understand something real quickly concerning his upbringing, what he understood, uh, what he was around, the things that he was surrounded by, and when I say the good son, because Hezekiah, man, if every, anyone had uh, just a, a way of upbringing, man, just to go against him, it was Hezekiah, you know why? Because his dad was Ahaz. And his dad was wicked. His dad was evil. His dad was a king, one of the worst kings uh, uh, in in this time of Judah. This king, Ahaz, was demonic. You could say demonic. You could say evil, wicked. He took the house of the God into a whole other direction. He turned his heart away from God and the people of God followed him. Man, King Ahaz, you have to understand this man reigned and and began to do some demonic, wicked things in the house of God. He began to bow his knees uh, before idols. He began to worship uh, demonic gods. He began to turn his back to God. Man, and the people followed him. This man, the King Ahaz, went as far as he shut the doors of the church. He began to cut down everything that stood for God, everything that was holy, altars. He shut them down. He literally shut down the worship, the temple, the house of God. People were not allowed to go into worship. He stopped altar call. He stopped sacrifice. He stopped everything you can think of. And you could read all the background in Second Kings as the Bible says that King Ahaz did wicked in the sight of the Lord. Everything he turned the hearts of people away from God and, and you see and I begin to see say this concerning the good son is that this man uh, Hezekiah, as he grew up, all he's seen was wickedness. he's seen a father that was leading the house of God into a whole other direction. this man, King Ahaz, literally put his children through the fire as a sacrifice to Baal uh, to, to the sacrifice to demonic gods and, and see Ahaz was a man that wasn't after heart of God. He was after the heart of, you know, protecting oneself, protecting himself. He bowed his knees to Assyrian kings and you name it, Ahaz did it. And Ahaz is known as a man that did wrong in the eyes of God. Can I get an amen this morning? And see, we have to understand Hezekiah's call in 2 Kings chapter 18. The Bible says in verse 1 uh, that, that now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. And the Bible says in verse 3, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. And as I begin to study this and I begin to look at this and it begins to tell us that Hezekiah's father was David, literally, but it wasn't his physical father, that was his spiritual father, because King David was a man after God's heart, right? And the Bible begins to recognize this, and I find it amazing because it doesn't link Hezekiah to his physical father Ahaz, because Ahaz was a physical father, but not a spiritual father. And it's here that the Bible begins to give us some amazing truth, because Ahaz, the Bible says, did wrong and did evil in the sight of the Lord, but Hezekiah was a man that was different. Can I say we need men to be different in the day and age that we are serving God? We need men and women of God to rise up and be different no matter your upbringing. If anyone had any excuse, it was King Hezekiah. It was Hezekiah. He could have followed his father's footsteps, right? And many times that's what we see in our day and age. People that father their father's footsteps or follow their mother's or, or, or begin to blame society or this is my upbringing. Man, if I could stand up here this morning and say I had a reason to blame my upbringing, I could have, right? Because that's all I knew. My dad walked out on me. My dad and mom were on drugs in prison. They bailed out. They were on drugs. Part crazy. You see the madness, dysfunction. I seen it. But see, it was in those moments that I believe that we serve an almighty God that is with us, that even though we we, I didn't know God. God said, no, this son, I have something different for you, son. And and see, I begin to look, and as I begin to trust the Lord, I said, man, God, I want something different in my life, God. I don't want to use an excuse to go the wrong way, God, or to make the wrong choice, God. But God, I want to make the right choice. And it's here that Hezekiah began to make a choice to say, God, I, I want your heart, God. I want to be a man after your heart, God. I'm not going to blame my my evil dad, Ahaz, in following his footsteps, but man, I'm going to change some things. in this morning, I want to look at uh, this morning a few things concerning, if you want revival in your life, I I want us to understand there's going to be some radical things that we're going to have to do as the people of God. There's going to be some radical decisions that you're going to have to make, and it has to be made ASAP, right, as soon as possible. Right now, tomorrow's not promised to not one of us. This evening is not promised to us, man. We are living day by day, breath by breath. Man, God, if it's your will, God, that that I, I breathe, Lord God, that, man, I want to make it Count God. And it's here that uh, King uh, Hezekiah, he began to uh, transition some things in the house of God. Remember I said there was some reform that was necessary in the house of God, some change. And it was going to be for the, for the good. And upon Hezekiah's reign as king, he didn't play no games. He didn't waste no, no time. He was only 20 in his 20 uh, years of age, 25 years old. And he came and he got on the throne and he said, man, it is time to bring revival back to the land. It is time to put God back on the throne I'm going to make some choices and some decisions that, man, it's going to change people's lives. And, and it's here that desperate times, man, it, it was time for desperate measures. And Hezekiah came in and he did not play no games. And if you want revival in your life, can we say amen that we cannot play no games with God? We have to get real with God. We have to begin to say, God, whatever the enemy has raised up in my life, God, I want to tear it down, God. God, I want to excavate it, God. I want to clean it up, God. And God, go forward. And if you look in Second Chronicles, I'm just going to list a few things here this morning uh, that, that uh, if you want revival in your life, if you want to begin to see the heart of Hezekiah, and I, I titled this the good son because, man, he made some decisions. But you and I, we serve the almighty good good son, right? Jesus, and Jesus this morning wants to do some things in our lives. In 2 Chronicles 29 verse 3, the Bible says, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. See, the first thing that Hezekiah did when he got on the scene is he opened the doors of the church back up. He said, I know my dad closed the doors of the church, but I'm about to open up these church doors again. I'm going to repair these doors again. Isn't it a blessing to say that we are in the house of the Lord in these last few years? Society's. Sickness co- has tried to close these doors number of number of times, right, has tried to close the doors of the church. The enemy wants to close these doors, but aren't you excited that we are in a church this morning, that the church church doors are open, right? They haven't stayed closed, man. People are still getting saved. And see, Hezekiah understood the importance of church. To be in church, right, not to just, you know, call into church all the time. But no, there was an importance. There was a, a, a there was something missing. And Hezekiah understood day one when he got on the scene, when he got on the throne, he opened up those church doors again. He said, no, people need to hear the gospel. People need to come in. There needs to be a place for the people of God to worship. Revival starts in the house of the God, right? Revival starts when you and I begin to put priority into the church and into the house of the Lord. Today, can I get an amen that there is an assault against the church? But you and I, as the people of God, we need to pray. We need to understand that there is an importance uh, of being in church. And Hezekiah opened the church doors again. And I begin to say, man, God, thank you that these church doors are open. Thank you, Lord, that we have a place to come in and worship freely, God. Thank you, Lord, that you haven't came back yet and we've missed out, God. But, Lord, that we are privileged. We are honored to be in God's house this morning. Look to your neighbor and tell him you're privileged. Because sometimes people be like, you're lucky I'm in the house of God. No, you're lucky that you're in the house of Lord. You're lucky that the Lord let you come into his house this morning. No, you're lucky I'm here, man. I tell you, we got to d- take care of those things, right? Those things that are buried inside of us. No, people, leaders, pastors, you're lucky I'm here. It's like, man, you're blessed to be here this morning. As you begin to look at keys to revival, begin to look at the second thing here in 2 Chronicles 29, that Hezekiah, he began to deal with the priests and the leaders. Because see, at this time, it was the, the, the priests and the leaders that also fell victim to King Ahaz. They began to fall victim to the enemy. But see, Hezekiah, he began to deal with every level of people. He begin to deal with the pastors, the priests, the leaders, and if you look in 2 Chronicles 29 verse 4, and we're talking about keys to revival this morning, right, because I asked a few minutes ago how many of us want this in our personal life. We all say yes, right, we want these things, but see, God is going to deal with us. God is going to look in our hearts and in our, our motives and begin to say, man, is this pure son, is this pure daughter, keep your heart pure, protect your heart with all things, above all the Bible says to protect our hearts. Why? Because the enemy wants to take these hearts and rip these hearts off. And and, and here in in verse 4, the Bible says, Then he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them in the east square and said to them, Hear me, Levites, now sanctify yourself. Sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him, have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. And it's here that has Hezekiah begins to to deal with the leaders and he's saying, man, our fathers have put us in this position and put us in this place, but no longer get all the garbage, get all the rubbish out of the house of the Lord and begin to deal with your hearts. He says, begin to sanctify yourself, sanctify the house of the Lord once again. And it's powerful because Hezekiah says, man, our fathers, they have turned their backs away from an almighty God. And I, 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 I begin to think about this and it's in those moments, church, when we're fighting or we're going through some things that we have a decision to either turn our backs to God or turn our face to God. And see, and it's here that Hezekiah says, man, our fathers, our mo- they made some decisions where they turned their backs away from God, but no more are we turning our backs to God, but we're going to turn our face to God, even when we're faced with, you know, uh, uh, insurmountable odds against us, the enemy is attacking, no, we're not going to run, we're not going to turn our backs any longer, but man, we're going to turn our face to God, and we're going to look to God, whether he delivers us or not, whether he saves us or not, God, we are turning to you, God, our hope is in you, God, our trust is in you, God, and Lord, and ever again are we going to turn our backs to you. But it's here Hezekiah begins to deal with them. He begins to deal with them. Sanctify. Clean your hearts one again. Once again, sanctify the house of the Lord. It is a place to be holy. 2 Chronicles 29, 16, the Bible says, Hezekiah began to come in and cleanse the house. And it's here that the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord to the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it out and carried it to the brook. And I, I want us to understand real quickly this morning, his dad, Ahaz, began to take everything out of the church. So you can imagine Ahaz, he began to get the keyboards, the chairs, everything, broke it, threw it out of the house of the Lord, didn't want nothing to do with God and King Hezekiah said no we're going to sanctify the house of the Lord we're going to clean it up get in that house get in the temple and take out all the trash all the filth that King Ahaz because he had built up altars to worship all these false gods And, and man Hezekiah said no more get the rubbish out of the house of God and if you read commentaries they say it took 16 days for them to clean out the temple 16 days to clean out all the false idolatry that that King Ahaz had brought into the house of God, demonic stuff. And for 16 days, nonstop, they just cleaned out the house of God. Can I tell us, church, this morning, it's an excavating process that God, however long it takes, God, would you clean me out, God? Would you clean this mind, God? Would you clean this heart, God? These thoughts, my ways, God, my motives, God, I need you, God. And it's here, Hezekiah, there was keys to revival that he did not play. He brought back the things that were removed. King Ahaz tried to remove everything of God, but King Hezekiah came on the scene and said, no, my fathers have messed up. My dad messed up. But God, we're going to get it right, Lord God. We're going to get it right, God. We're going to bring back the holy things, God. We're going to bring back the things that belong, God, in our lives. There are some things and areas in our lives, church, that we cannot afford to get rid of. We cannot get afford uh, afford to get rid of accountability. We can't afford to get rid of prayer, the word of God, getting rid of fasting, getting rid of fellowship and getting Ridding of coming together as the house and the body of Christ, those things we cannot afford, church, to get rid of. They're vital keys for you and I to have revival in our life. In, uh, in second Chronicles 29 25, and I'm, I'm saying all these things because it's powerful to look at what Hezekiah did. He came in and just, man, we want revival back, God. God, would you touch this land again, God? Our land is suffering. And as you study this, man, people suffered, families were dying, families were being destroyed, kids were being destroyed. And Ahaz grew up and he's seen this. I mean, Hezekiah seen this, but it was all because of his dad. His dad was on the throne and made some wrong decisions. But Hezekiah said, man, it's time to restore our families. It's time to restore all the hurt that has been caused by my father. He's turned us back to God, but God, I'm turning our hearts back to you, Lord. And it's here in, in 2 Chronicles 29, we see another thing that Hezekiah did. He restored temple worship. Because it's here that Ahaz, he didn't want nothing to do with God. And I want to keep emphasizing that because, man, there was no worship going on. Aren't you glad that we have worship teams that, man, invite the presence of God? But they're, they're, not, the, they're not the just key, right? You're the key. The decision is yours, are you going to engage in worship, are you going to lift your hands, are you going to sing, are you trying to be entertained, because many times we want to just be entertained, man, they're off this morning, or you know, did you hear so and so, like, they're off tune, it's like, man, don't don't worry about that. Our worship is for God. Our worship is to an almighty God. And look what he did in verse 25. He began to get the house in order, the leaders. He began to open up the doors again to the house of God, cleanse the temple, begin to get the house of the, uh, of the Lord all ready. And then he said, "What well, everything my dad got rid of, bring it back. Look what he did in verse twenty-five. It's awesome. And he says, and he stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with string instruments, with harps, with their drums, right, according to the commandment of David and of Nathan the prophet. For thus was the commandment of the Lord by the prophets. The Levites stood with the instruments of David and with the priests with the trumps. Then Hezekiah commanded them to offer the, uh, the burnt offering on the altar. And when the burnt offerings began, the song of the Lord also began with the trumpets and with the instruments of David, king of Israel, and his. Powerful because he begins to station them. He says, go get the drums that my dad hid and threw out in the, in the storage. Go get them and set them back up. Go get your guitar. Go get your harps. Bring it all. We're about to worship an almighty God again. I know you're not used to this because worship hasn't been around. But we're about to get used to this again. This is going to be normal again. This is going to be our lifestyle again. And it's powerful picture. I'm one, I have to picture things. So as I read this, I'm like, man, I can imagine them getting their harps. And, man, they're all done. And man, we're setting up our harps, getting our everything in tune, keyboards, pianos. Look what happens. They're there, they're set up. It says, so all the assembly was there. You can imagine the people of God, they're like, man, we haven't worshipped in a long time. This hasn't been allowed. And You can see the the expectancy. You can see their hearts were being stirred. Man, the atmosphere was about to change and they're there. And King Hezekiah says in in, in, uh, verse 27, it says, so all the assembly worshipped. The singers sang, right, they just didn't sing, they sang, (laughs) right. Any people, you know, you just sing, no, I don't want to just sing, I want to sing, man, I just want to, man, it's my heart, God, and the Bible's powerful because it gives us an illustration. It says, oh, the assembly worshiped, the singers sang, the trumpeters sounded, the drummers drummed, the the bass players bassed, right, if if that's a term, they bassed or they played, whatever it was, they got down. And, man, they begin to sing a song unto the Lord, right, that the devil couldn't shut up, right. And the Bible says here that they worship. They begin to give God an offering. And and when they had finished offering, the king and all who were present with them bowed and they worshiped. Moreover, King Hezekiah and the leaders commanded the Levites to sing praise to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with gladness. Man, sometimes our gladness is what's missing, right, when we're worshiping. And they bowed their heads and they worshiped. And we see an amazing picture, a a glimpse, a revival, being stirred, revival, beginning to take place. They worshiped. Today, church, don't take for granted worship. Don't take for granted that we are free. Don't take for granted that we can sing a song that we can sing in this place, right? Man, God, we ain't singing to each other, God, but we are singing to an almighty God that deserves our praise. And it's here that Hezekiah doesn't just stop there. And and as I begin to wind this down this morning, he began to restore the altar. What you have to understand about Ahaz, he destroyed the altar. Man, the altar in our day and age is a place that I, at times in our church uh, that I I look at and say, man, how come our altar is not jam-packed? Why do people still sit in their seats? Do they think it's because they're sinners? They are sinners. So am I. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We need the grace of God, the mercy of God every single day. But so many times people sit in their seats, well, I don't want people to think I'm a sinner. They already do think you are. Because you're not coming to an altar call. So whether you go or you're not, whatever you're thinking, who cares about that? Get behind. get, Get, man. Get that out of our minds. We need the altar. Ahaz understood the power of the altar because he destroyed the house of God's altar. He began to resurrect altars in every single city in Judah. He began to resurrect these high places. And these high places were places to worship false gods. And every single city, this man Ahaz built up and resurrected high places, altars for demonic gods, for false worship. In every single city throughout all Judah, it was a commandment. And there is altars you can imagine all over the place. And it gives us like a glimpse of even our day and age because there are so many altars that are built up to give worship to everywhere else other than to the almighty God. And it's here that Hezekiah begins to say in verse 29... chapter 29, verse 31, now that you have consecrated yourselves, come near, bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. So the assembly brought in sacrifices and thank offerings, and as many were willing heart, brought burnt offerings. So the service of the Lord was set in order. And it's here Hezekiah understood the key to revival was the altar. And he sent out everything that my dad built up, go and destroy them. Radical, radical worship by Hezekiah. He literally got the people of God up. He said, go to every single city in Judah and tear down the high places, tear down the altars, burn them down, cut them down. See, he was returning the favor because his dad did this prior. He cut down everything of the things of God, cut them down, threw them in the brook, threw them in the river, got rid of them. And Hezekiah got on the scene. He said, I know what my dad did. But see, I ain't my dad. I want to honor my heavenly I want to honor my dad, which is my heavenly father. And he said, go tear down every single altar that my dad built up. Destroy it. Cut it in pieces. Throw it in the river. We're going to return to favor because the altar is getting restored once again. The worship, thankful sacrifices are coming back to God. Can I tell you, every time we come to the altar, we're thanking God. We're offering ourselves, right, the Bible says as living sacrifices, God, here I am, God, here is my life, God, here is my heart, God, it is yours, God, it belongs to you. This morning, church, keys to revival. During these times, the altars were being desecrated. But see, King Hezekiah was saying, no, these altars are to be consecrated. They're to be pure. They're to be in place once again. And it's here that King Hezekiah began to set everything back in order in the house of the Lord. Today, can I ask this morning, as I begin to close this morning, the worship team begins to get ready this morning. Are there some areas in our lives possibly that have gotten out of order? Where we need to say, God, I I need things to get back into order, God. There are some things that I've raised up that needs to get cut down, God. There are some areas, Lord, that I've been hiding or there some areas that need to be exposed to you, God. And, Lord, I've been neglecting worship, God. I've been neglecting your house, God. I've been neglecting, you know, my, my worship to you, God, the altar, God. My sacrifice is no longer there, God. It's a punching in now, God. But have we taken some things for granted in our life? The Bible says that in verse 14, they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem, and they took away all the incense and cast them into the brook. It's radical, church. And if we want revival, we're going to have to do some radical things. Well, you might say, well, I'm going to have to let go of my best friend. You might have to. Well, am I going to have to, you know, disconnect from close family members? Yeah, if they're leading you in the wrong direction, Yes. It's worth the church, to see their souls saved, for you to stand. And see, Hezekiah wasn't worried about the past. He wasn't worried about all the things that his dad didn't know. He was saying, God, I want to honor you now, God, that I have time, God. I don't want to make the same decisions. I don't want to mess up, God. I want to bring honor back to you, God. Because, God, you're worthy of it, God. And Hezekiah was saying, God, whatever it takes, God, whatever it takes, God see revival, God. Whatever it takes, God. I'm willing to do it, God. Second Chronicles 30, verse 26 says, so there was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests, the Levites, arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place to heaven, Revival happened, revival took place. It says nothing had ever been seen like this before. Nothing. The people of God had never seen this revival happen. They hadn't experienced it and they said there was nothing like it that anybody had ever experienced that they were praying, they were worshiping and their prayers were reaching heaven this morning church. Don't we want our prayers to reach heaven? Don't we want it to be a sweet-smelling aroma to our Father this morning? Do you know that your worship, that your life, your sacrifice, it could be a sweet-smelling aroma or it cannot be. It's one or the other this morning. But it's powerful because the Bible says revival came upon the land. People got things back in order. This morning, church, if we want to see things we've never seen before, going to be a process that we have to look at ourselves and say, God, why am I not seeing God revival in my personal life? Why am I not experiencing God? God? Is it because God has gone away? Is it because God has turned his back on us? It's not. Could it be that at times maybe we turn our backs on God? We forget some things in this man, God, let it be today, God, that I turn my face back to you, God, that I get back on my knees, God, and I begin to worship you, Lord, like you deserve it, God. Do you remember when you first got saved? How pure and innocent your worship was. You weren't in it for anything. I was speaking to myself. There's times I have to remind myself, Steve, do you remember when you first got saved? How grateful you were just to come to the house of God. How grateful you were just to be an usher. How honored you were to be able to just clean the restrooms. Don't lose it. see, this is what happens at times when, especially when we're saved for a, a, a certain amount of years, we forget the things that God tore down in our lives and we build them back up. And it's here that Hezekiah dealt with everything. He tore down idols. He tore down everything that the people had brought up in their life. And he said, man, tear those things down. Get rid of them. All you need is God. Don't forget God. Don't forget worship. Don't forget what all that God has done. this morning, churches, we just stand in reverence to an almighty God this morning. See, King Hezekiah did something that no other king before him or after did. See, before him there were good kings, there were great kings, but there was no king like King Hezekiah. Because see, those high places, those altars that were resurrected for false gods, no king ever had the courage. No king before him ever had the guts to go and tear down those high places. But Hezekiah came on the scene and he says, man, I ain't in this about my. It is not about me. It is about God. And why hasn't anybody torn down these things that don't bring glory to God? Why are they still resurrected? Tear them down. Get rid of them. Burn them up. Chop them up. Throw them in the river. Get rid of them. Second Chronicles 31, verse 20, and I'll end here. It says, Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord His God. Listen to what it says in verse 21. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart and he prospered. This is the key, church, to revival in our lives. Do everything you do for God with all your heart. Do it with everything you got. Do it unto an almighty God that sees everything that we do. My brother that is in the background that got honored this morning, keep on doing it because you're not doing it for yourself. We're not doing it unto men, but we're doing it to an almighty God that sees everything. And you'll be honored. You'll be lifted up. But see here, Hezekiah, everything he did, he did it with all his heart. Why? Because he wanted to seek God. It was for the glory of God. 2 Kings 18 verse 5 says he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but he kept his the commandments. This morning, church, can I tell you, there's going to be some moments in your life you're going to have to hold fast. And I know I'm speaking to someone this morning that maybe there's moments, there are times, there are temptations to let go. But it's in these moments that the Bible gives us an encouragement. That though we may be surrounded by evil, though there may be things that are surrounding you this morning, can I tell you this morning, church, we are surrounded by an almighty God that is with us, that is for us. We are surrounded by an almighty God that the Bible says no weapon formed against us will prosper. It doesn't say that the weapons are not going to be formed, but see, they're not going to prosper. The enemy is not going to win. The victory is God's. The victory is yours this morning, church, but this morning we're going to have to hold fast. You know what hold fast means is you're at the end of your rope. Tie a knot and just hold on. Keep on holding on. It's not time to let go. But see, we want revival in our personal lives and in our church and our ministries. We're going to have to get things back in order and say, God, some things have gotten out of order. They're scattered. They're all over the place, God. But no more, God. No more, God. I'm going to do my part, God. I'm going to do even the radical things, God, that might be afraid to do, God. But God, because you're worth it, God, you deserve it, God, I'm going to do it, Lord. This morning as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed in reverence this morning, I just want to make an invitation first before we open these altars this morning, an invitation for salvation. You might be here and you don't know Christ. Say you're in the right place, you're in the right place. It's a God moment, it's a God day today that you're here. You might say, man, somebody invited me this morning. I don't even know how I got here. But I'm here, you know how you got here? The spirit of the Lord drew you here. It's because God has purpose for you. He has a plan. You might be here and you've backslidden. and maybe you've walked away from the Lord today. It's your time, you can come home. The Father's arms are open. He wants to restore. He wants to build you back up, hold on. If you're here this morning, you said that to me. I want to be honest. It takes us to be honest, to be men and women of God. Say, man, God, I need you, God. I can't keep going this way, God. My heart is slipping away from you, God. But this morning, I want it back, God, in this rightful place. can Would you just raise your hand if there's anybody here you say, that's me. Salvation or rededication this morning. You're in need of prayer this morning. I want to pray with you to know it's going to be okay. God is here. He's with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you so much. Can we give God praise this morning? Come on, this is the time most important. This is a celebration time this morning when souls, when decisions are made. Anyone else this morning, that's you. There's time. If that was you this morning, sir. Can we pray with you this morning? I just want you to know God sees your honesty and God ain't done with you. God has a plan. Can we give God praise to get tonight this morning? My brother there, can we pray with you? Would you just come here? Somebody's going to meet you here. They're going to pray. Believe God with you. Father, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise this morning. We give you glory. We give you honor. You're worthy of it all this morning, Jesus. You're worthy of the praise. So, I begin to change the order of service this morning, speaking to the church, speaking to the body of Christ this morning, keys to revival. I know there's a lot of different things that I touched on this morning, but the heart is the heart, it's God, it's the place, the rightful place that God is in. Are there areas in our life that need to be torn down? Have we forsaken the fellowshipping of the saints? Has the altar become just norm to us? Has worship become just something entertaining? There's some things that need to be cleansed in our own hearts, personal. You might be here. I want you to understand you need to hold fast. You need to stay firm, stand firm in your faith. God is not done. There are some things in our life that I know God is preparing as his church. But we're in times that it's time to get radical like never before. It's time to be bold like never before and stand for what is truth and not cave in. see, King Hezekiah, powerful illustration.